Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Vernon Castillo, who's the Senior Associate Dean of Admissions at Union College. Vernon, thank you so much for being here today, and how are you? I am doing great, and thank you for the opportunity to chat with you. It is my pleasure. Looking forward to hearing about all that Union has to offer, both on campus and beyond. So let's get right to it, Vernon. Tell us about yourself. How long have you been an admissions counselor, and how did you end up in this position? So I've been at Union for 18 years, and my journey has come full circle in that my oldest son, uh, Nick Castillo, was born my first week on the job at Union, and he is now a first-year student at Union. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, time flies. Uh, prior to working at Union, I was a graduate uh, assistant and student at the University at Albany. And as a graduate assistant, I learned about the world of admissions from one of my professors who thought it might be something I would enjoy um, after cl completing my master's because I was working with a lot of first-year students. Uh, so he encouraged me to seek out the opportunity, and I did, and I've been at Union ever since. Well, that is terrific. So we congratulate you and your son, and makes me even more eager to hear about all that Union has to offer. So thank you so much, Vernon. So what is it about Union that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? For a school our size, we offer a lot of different opportunities for students to explore, engage, and to thrive, uh, whether their interest lies in the humanities, social sciences, science, or engineering. Uh, one of the interesting fun facts about Union is that we are the first college in the nation to integrate engineering into that liberal arts curriculum. Um, so today we describe ourselves as a liberal arts school with engineering or engineering within the context of a liberal arts education. And what that essentially means to our students is that they're exposed to a lot of different things, um, which is one reason that over 80% of our students, when it comes time to declare their major, will either declare a second major, multiple minors, or in some cases, 
designed their own major because they've had so many opportunities uh, to explore uh, and to explore beyond their initial uh, interests. Um, beyond that, we also offer students some pre-professional opportunities. So for students who may want a direct pathway to either law school or medical school. Um, so for example, we offer an accelerated three plus three law program through a partnership with Albany Law School. We also offer the Leadership in Medicine program, which is our direct medical program. And the LIMP program for short has actually been our most popular program. Uh, so the Leadership in Medicine program is an eight-year program where students graduate with a Bachelor of Science, an MS or an MBA in healthcare management. Uh, so essentially being exposed to the business side of medicine and an MD from Albany Medical College. Uh, equally important, we want to make sure that students are marketable once they graduate from Union. Uh, we are preparing them not only for their first four years, but life beyond Union and whatever that means for them. So we want them to have experiences that are, are going to essentially allow them to apply what they're learning, what they're gaining inside the classroom. So in the form of internships, 85% of our students will do at least one. We have students that will do multiple internships, study abroad or away experiences, which about 60% of our students will pursue, including our engineers. Uh, and finally, research. 80% of our students will do some form of research uh, at Union. Uh, actually, one of my favorite traditions at Union and one of our big traditions at Union is something that is called Steinmetz Symposium, and its foundation is built on undergraduate research. It actually happened a couple weeks ago. It's a two-day event where we showcase and celebrate the research that our students have produced. Uh, classes are not offered. Instead, professors, administrators like myself, staff, and students will come together and hear and listen to the different presentations that are happening throughout campus. Each year, we have about uh, 500 student presenters. Uh, this year, uh, we had this Steinmetz Symposium presentation format back live in person, uh, which has made a big difference the last two years. It's been in virtual format, uh, but each year, 50% of the student presenters are coming from the humanities and social sciences, 50% science and engineering. Uh, so it's meant geared uh, to celebrate the research that our students are producing in all different academic disciplines. Well, that sounds awesome, and I really appreciate that overview. You know, a lot of people reach out and they ask about life on campus. So, Vernon, can you tell us about life on campus outside of the classroom? Sure. So Union is a small community of about 2,150 undergraduate students. Uh, we're also a residential community. And what that essentially means is that over 92% of our students live on campus all four years. So we're not a commuter school where students are going back and forth from home to campus. Um, and because of that, we really want our students to be engaged outside of the classroom uh, and to engage with their peers uh, and to have fun at the same time, because we feel that's an important part of that four-year experience is obviously academics, opportunities beyond that, but to also have fun and to get to know members of the community outside of the classroom. Um, so for example, we have over 130 student-run clubs and organizations, 13 theme houses, community service opportunities in and around the city of Schenectady, which is where we're located. Uh, opportunities to play sports, uh, whether it's at that club intramural level or at that varsity level. Uh, for most of our sports, we offer them at the Division Three level. However, something distinctive about Union is that we do have a Division One sport, which is men and women's ice hockey. 
Um, (laughs) Also distinctive about Union uh, are the Minerva houses. There are seven houses where a student is assigned to it from day one, and it's their community all four years where students uh, have opportunities to broaden their out-of-their-classroom experience, both academically and socially. Uh, I'm a member of a Minerva house. My Minerva house is called Buth House. I personally think it's the best Minerva house at Union <laughs> College. I'm biased, of course. Uh, but it allows students, administrators like myself, professors to connect with each other through the different student-run programs. Uh, and the programming range from I've attended a dinner discussion with a poet to learning how to make origami. Uh, the important thing uh, is that it brings people together. It brings community together. And students, because of this Minerva House system, are able to extend the network of people that they have beyond their roommates, beyond their classmates, beyond their teammates if you, if they play a sport. Um, students can also choose to live in their Minerva House. Uh, and some of our smaller seminars are taught in these Minerva Houses. So these houses also differ beyond just bringing people together, students, professors, administrators, and staff, in that they also intersect the social, residential, and academic parts of campus life, which a theme house and a club uh, does not accomplish. Well, I love that you talk about the fact that Union brings people together to form that amazing community. And I mentioned this because I read a statistic recently that 93% of the class returned the following year. That's the freshman class, which is astonishing. And it's a testament to the work that you do in admissions to make sure that you get the right students on your campus, but also all the great activities that you offer in your classrooms and beyond to make sure that the students are happy and they remain on campus for uh, their full four years and uh, beyond if necessary. So I appreciate that insight. And I wanted to ask you, Vernon, how many applications do you actually review a year and do you represent a specific region? Yes. So I reviewed this past year about 1,400 applications as both wow. <laughs> a prime, yeah, uh, as both a primary and a secondary reader. Uh, our entire office reviewed uh, this year about 8,450 application, and that includes early wow. decision, early action, and regular decision. Uh, at Union, each dean manages a territory and or program. So in my case, my territories are, of course, Long Island, uh, Vermont, Minnesota, Michigan, parts of Texas, Houston and Dallas. And then I'm also the liaison for the Accelerate Law Program, the Leadership in Medicine Program. Uh, and I also have the uh, privilege to work with transfer students. Um, so it allows me to connect with a different type of student and a different type of student experience. Well, that's great. And you must be really busy with all those different regions and the transfer students. That's wonderful. And I know that Union is uh, very lucky to have you. And uh, so are we. My next question is, can you explain to us what are the different ways a student can apply to Union? And is there a benefit to applying one way or the other? Yes. Yeah, so students can apply either early decision, and we have two rounds of early decision. Um, early decision round one is November 1st. Early decision round two is January 15th. Uh, With early decision, it is binding. And what that essentially means is that uh, students have essentially looked at all the great options out there. Uh, We know unions are a great option, but there are a lot of great options out there as well. Uh, And students with, you know, conversations with their families have made that informed decision to commit to union and let us know that you're my top choice school. If admitted, you'll see me in the fall. 
in addition to early decision, we have early action. That deadline is November 1st. Early action, unlike early decision, is non-binding. Um, so even though students get a decision early, uh, they have until May 1st to essentially shop around, look at all the different options, and then decide if they want to deposit and enroll at Union. And finally, we have regular decision where that deadline is January 15th, uh, and then students will get a decision from us uh, in late March, and then they have until May 1st to decide if unions where they want to spend their next four years at. Uh, and then in terms of other uh, deadlines for Accelerate and uh, direct medical programs, they have their own specific deadlines as well as for transfer students. So uh, for students who may be interested in those options or opportunities, those have different deadlines. So um, students can find those uh, that information on our webpage. Well, we appreciate that, Vernon. And can you walk us through the process of how you evaluate so many applications? Any other insight into the overall admissions process would be greatly appreciated. So in the case of Union, uh, we have a team-based approach in how we review applications in that, uh, that's why I mentioned initially that uh, I'm a primary reader for application, um, but I'm also a secondary reader. Uh, and what that means is as the territory manager, I will do the first read on an application uh, from my territory. So Long Island, Vermont, um, you know, Michigan, Minnesota, uh, Texas. Uh, in addition to that, I'm uh, working with a reading partner and that person will be going through the entire application um, and asking questions, asking relevant questions of me. Um, and what's nice about that paired reading approach is that we make a decision essentially as a mini committee. It's a collective decision um, and it allows for a checks and balance approach because you know, sometimes, you know, even though I'm a territory manager for Long Island, it doesn't mean I may miss something. So that person is kind of asking those relevant questions. Um, and then we flip the script, essentially, and then they present from their territory. And I'm doing the same thing. I'm going over the application with them. I'm asking them questions about any nuances on a you know, high school profile or in terms of schedule strand. Um, so it allows for that checks and balance. And in some cases, um, you know, each dean will manage, you know, in, in some larger territories like New York State or Massachusetts, we have folks that will manage different boroughs, for example, in New York State or areas. Um, but again, there's always that checks and balance um, in terms of our paired reading system. And what is the average profile of the current freshman class in terms of GPA and any other related data that you collect, such as SAT or ECT scores? Yes. Yeah, so for the class of 2026, that incoming first year class, uh, we've got 596 enrolled students that we will be officially welcoming in the fall, uh, of which 23% are domestic uh, BIPOC students, 9% uh, are international students, 13% uh, are first generation college bound students. Uh, the average GPA is about a B, a B plus or an A minus. Uh, and the middle 50% on the SAT for students that did submit uh, was between a 1300 and a 1470 and a 30 to a 33 on the ACT, again, for students uh, that do submit. Um, one of the things I do want to mention is that uh, union is test optional. Uh, we've been test optional for over 13 years. Um, 
That being said, there are two programs that still require test scores, uh, and that is the Accelerate Law Program as well as the Leadership in Medicine Program, because essentially the medical school and the law school are admitting students for those two programs. So I always you know, put that caveat in. Uh, we are test optional. We've been test optional for over 13 years, with the exception of these two programs. Understood. And if a prospective student falls a little below the current freshman class's average, what are some of the things that they can do to increase their chances of being admitted? So one of the things that we recommend uh, is that, um, and one of the things that we always tell students is that, you know, the information that we have, and we publish this information in terms of the stats for the class of 2026, as well as the class for 2025, um, is that they are not cutoffs. Um, so always make clear that just because you may not be in that range doesn't mean that you're automatically not a good candidate for union. Uh, we look at each student individually from the lens of their particular high school and their high school experiences. So we don't compare them to other high schools. Uh, we don't compare them to other students. Um, one of the things I will say is that we do pr uh, prefer to see an upward trends uh, and students finishing strong, uh, especially if they may have had a slower start to high school or maybe had some early academic um, struggles. One of the things that we also recommend um, because as a small school, a small community, is that we always benefit from connecting with, you know, prospective students uh, as well as admitted and enrolled students. Um, so one of the things that we recommend, it's not a required piece to apply to union, uh, is the interview. Um, and the interview allows students to tell us in their own words, to share their stories, uh, maybe their academic struggles. Um, we write up that conversation and if a student applies, it becomes part of the record. So it always adds color insight because it's coming directly from that student. And that conversation where we're capturing that information and that's always helpful because a lot of the times I'll learn something about a student, uh, even if I didn't have that interview conversation with that student, uh, but through that write-up and learn something about them that may not come through when just looking at the quantitative pieces, a transcript, or even a recommendation. Um, so that's one thing that we do recommend. Again, it's not required if you don't interview. Uh, we're not going to uh, admit you uh, to union. Uh, we're not going to ask you to do anything in lieu of that. But for students who want to have that opportunity, maybe to shed some light on a transcript or an upward trend or something that happened early on, they have that opportunity to have their voice again become part of the record. So, Vernon, that's a great point that you guys do an interview. Can we just unpackage that a little bit deeper? If a student decides that they want to, in fact, come on campus or do a virtual interview, what can they do to better prepare for that interview? So in terms of the interview, uh, and we have, you know, especially because of the pandemic, um, one of the things that we've all gotten used to and better at is using technology to leverage how we connect with students. Um, so we have uh, opportunities for students to do a virtual interview, so they don't even have to come to campus to have that conversation. And what we recommend for a student, and we actually have some talking points or things that students can look at on our webpage in terms of how to best prepare for an interview. But the best thing is um, that I always recommend to students is that it is going to be a conversation. Uh, it's a, an opportunity for us to learn more about you and for you to learn more about us. So we're never going to ask you any trick questions or any random questions and essentially giving you the opportunity 
to tell us more about yourself, your academic experiences, uh, your academic interests. Um, maybe talk about, you know, the pandemic and how you've altered and adapted to the way you've learned um, or that you've been involved in things or haven't had an opportunity to be as involved in different opportunities because of the past two years. Um, so it's essentially an exchange of information. Um, and that's how we treat it. Uh, we're never going to ask, you know, random questions or things that are not relevant to a student uh, and their academic and extra, extracurricular experiences. And, and we always ask and want to make sure that what we're asking is comfortable for the student as well. So if they're ever uncomfortable with a question that we may ask, we leave it there. Um, so it's always making the student as comfortable as possible because, again, we know that not every student is an extrovert. Um, we have some introverts. Um, so we want to make that experience as comfortable for every student. Uh, but the benefit of it is that it gives them the opportunity to have uh, their voice become part of that record, uh, especially if they apply, which is the end game where we hope that, you know, once they have that interview that they will apply and then it becomes part of the record. Well, thank you so much for that tremendous insight. We really appreciate it. And earlier you mentioned that union is in fact test optional. And some people get a little skeptical when they hear that a school is test optional. So Vernon, would you be able to share with us the percentage of students that applied without submitting their test scores? But in addition to that, the percentage of students that were in fact admitted that did not submit test scores. So for us, about 60% of our students uh, submitted test scores, 40% did not. Uh, and a large uh, reason for that is the fact that we have the accelerated medical program, uh, accelerated law program and a direct medical program. Uh, so those two programs, because they require test scores, um, we have students that still submit test scores, but the majority of students um, have not submitted test scores. Um, and the reason is that the transcript is always for us, and it's you know hopefully not a surprise to you know students, uh, is always the most important piece of information because it allows us to look, evaluate at a student over the course of four years versus a one-day exam. We know that a lot of things can happen in a one-day exam, and you may not be at your best, but it doesn't represent you uh, and you as a student. Um, so that four-year record allows us to see your growth. Uh, the change in your academic interests, how you've matured uh, as a student. Um, so again, the, you know, even though we had 60% still submit test score, a large part of that or reason for that was because we do have these, you know, the accelerated law program and our direct medical program. Well, we appreciate that insight. Thank you so much. And Vernon, do you use the student's high school GPA as indicated on their transcript, or do you recalculate their GPA using your own metrics? So we recalculate a GPA on a 100-point scale, uh, but we always use the information that is provided by the high school profile. Um, so that is key for us. And when we recalculate it, we use that high school profile to essentially guide us. Um, but we always do recalculate on a 100-point scale. Understood. And I was curious, does Union accept AP, IB, or SAT subject test for credit? We do accept AB, AP and IB scores for credit um, and do not accept for credit um, subject exams. Um, for the, on the AP exam, um, if a student receives a four or better, 
they'll get some sort of credit. Um, and each department um, allocates credits differently. Uh, we actually have a table on our advising webpage where students can essentially see that exact match. So for example, if they got a five or a four on AP US history, what that equivalent would be uh, at Union. There is one exception um, for AP calculus. If a student gets a grade over three or better, they will get uh, the credit for that. Uh, for IB scores, um, six or seven on the higher level exams, and a student will get uh, credit for it. Um, again, each department is different in terms of how they allocate credit. Understood, and thank you so much for that explanation. Vernon, a student's activity sheet is obviously another piece of the application. What are the kinds of things you're looking for beyond the work they completed in the classroom? We like to say that sometimes less is sometimes more uh, when looking at extracurricular activities. Uh, you know, we would rather see students committed to a couple of activities over an extended period of time versus trying to fill up the extracurricular section of the application with activities that they might have only participated in a year or less. Um, again, commitment is important um, in terms of wanting to see. Uh, plus, it also can allow us to see how a student has grown in that position or in that club. Maybe they are now vice president or treasurer because they've been committed to that club or organization. Um, so for us, less is more. Uh, I also do like to point out that extracurricular activities uh, can take uh, different forms. Um, Commitment can also come in the form of athletics. Um, commitment can also come in the form of, you know, a part-time job or even family responsibilities, which we have seen a lot because of the pandemic and, and, and students, um, you know, helping take care of their siblings um, because the parents have had to work. Um, so again, extracurricular can mean many different things and it's just not, you know, being in different clubs uh, at your high school, uh, especially the last two years. We know everything has changed over the last two years. Well, we appreciate that. And Vernon, how important are students' grades in senior year? And can you give an example of why a student's senior year grades made you change your mind regarding their admission status? I would say very important, uh, especially because it's harder to bounce back from a weak senior year uh, versus if you have a weaker sophomore year. You still have an opportunity to bounce back. Um, so senior year is very important. And um, sometimes um, it takes, you know, students and families to hear from someone else that you know, it is important that uh, just because you're a senior doesn't mean that uh, you take it any easier. Um, in terms of ad admitting a student, um, it really hasn't changed our mind so much. Uh, what I can say, it's given us pause, um, especially if a student starts off strong in their senior year um, when we receive those first quarter grades. And then when we re look at um, second quarter mid-year grades, uh, we see that there's a, a decline and there's no explanations. So in these instances, which are on the rarer side, uh, we will reach out to the school and or student to see what happened. Uh, again, we're a small school, so each one of us um, is connecting through the student um, when reviewing their application. So we do follow up and we will reach out to the school and or student to see if there's an explanation. Maybe it's health related, maybe something happened to explain that. Uh, but for us, it's important to get a sense of why there has been this decline. Um, so we always give students the opportunity to tell us that uh, rather than just saying, no, we're 
you know, withdraw your acceptance to union. <laughs> Understood. And what are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? In other words, when you read the essay, you thought, wow, this student has to come to school at Union. I would say the ones where the student took the time uh, and put some thought into the essay. I find that uh, many times the essay is an afterthought for many students or students or something that students rush through uh, to get out of the way as quickly as possible. Uh, I always tell students that the essay is your opportunity uh, to personalize your application. Um, similarly, like with the interview, uh, present your writing ability, style, share your ambitions, interests, hobbies, uh, life experiences. Uh, the essay is actually one of my favorite parts of the application since the topic is a reflection of the student um, and it's their story. Um, I always tell students that the essay does not have to convey an earth-shattering experience to be effective. Um, for example, one of the more effective essays I reviewed this past year uh, was about a student who described uh, his favorite pair of sneakers uh, and the specific <laughs> adventures that he had in them. Um, so as a reader, he allowed me into his world uh, and the experiences conveyed meaning. They were personal to him. Uh, essentially using his sneakers as inspiration. So sources for ideas can be everyday experiences. It could be travel, service, work, or sneakers. <laughs> so he put you in his own shoes and uh, really Absolutely. gave you insight. <laughs> gave you insight in terms of his personality. I think that's fantastic. Great example. I appreciate you sharing that. Vernon, what about students that may have had an IEP or a 504 in high school do you offer any supports for those students once they're on campus? And if so, could you just elaborate and explain what you offer? Yes. Uh, so Union has an accommodative services office uh, that essentially provides students with disability equal opportunities to benefit from all college service program uh, and activities. Uh, students with a documented disability should, I would always say, be proactive in terms of contacting the accommodative service offices uh, in order to request assistance. And we always encourage students and families uh, that they're able, even at this prospect stage, um, to connect with the accommodative services office and just see, are there the resources that are going to most be helpful to the student? Um, before making that decision to enroll and commit to union. Um, so students and families don't have to wait until they have uh, have applied to union or until they've enrolled at union to make that connection with uh, the accommodative services office and, and to have that conversation. Well, I appreciate that. And I will put the Office of Admissions at Union College in the show notes of the podcast. Vernon, if you have any other links for the college, please send it to me and I'll make sure that it's available in the show notes to the students and their parents. So thank Great. you for thank that. You. Thank you. My pleasure. And what about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known? The first step is to complete the online recruiting questionnaire um, for the particular sport that that student may be interested in potentially pursuing at Union. After that, uh, we also have uh, and make available the contact information for all coaches. Um, so that way, if a student wants to follow up after completing that initial online recruiting questionnaire, they can connect with the coach and, and to start that conversation. Uh, depending on the level of interest between the student and the coach, 
Um, one of the things that we also, as admissions deans, have a role in um, is um, that we are liaisons for the athletic office. Um, so in my case, um, we do pre-reads um, for coaches, especially if they're encouraging a student to apply to union and maybe apply early decision. So these pre-reads are not just on the admissions side, um, but can also take the form of a pre-read for financial aid. So that way a family uh, can see uh, and make sure that union is financially feasible before committing, especially to early decision, which is binding. Um, so I'm the liaison and I support the following athletic teams, ice hockey, men and women, volleyball, tennis, uh, and swimming and diving. Well, that's really good to know. And again, thank you so much for that insight. This has been a great conversation. In closing, Vernon, what are the top three pieces of advice you would give a student and their parents who are getting ready for the college admissions process? Take the time to get to know the colleges and or universities that you intend to apply to. Um, so for example, if you intend to apply a school that requires an interview, make sure you do that interview. Uh, if a school uh, indicates that they want students to connect with them because they track demonstrated interest, make sure that you connect with that school, us being the case of that. And you doesn't have to meet, necessarily be limited to connecting with union in person. It could be through a virtual program, but just make that connection. Um, the other thing I would recommend is do not be afraid to reach out uh, and ask questions or concerns that you have. Um, you know, I'm yet to hear from a college or university uh, that will say that they do not encourage questions. Um, we are collectively here to help and support students uh, and their families. Um, so if there's any question or concern you have, do not shy away from asking that. Uh, you know, if you're concerned about the cost of attendance, Let's have that conversation. Um, if you're concerned about uh, maybe grades, let's have that conversation. But do not just kind of ex exclude a school because you assume that, um, you know, they don't want to hear from you or answer that question or that concern that you have. Uh, and finally, enjoy the process. I know that the pandemic has added a lot of stress to the entire college search process. Uh, I'm an example of that. Uh, you know, my son, you know, was limited in terms of the schools he could visit because of the pandemic. Uh, but it can still be fun. Um, so do enjoy the process. And of course, always make sure that you let, you know, your student lead that process um, because again it's their college experience um, even though sometimes and i had a hard time with this myself working in admissions uh, it's not my experience any longer um, so i should not be driving the process the only driving i should be doing is getting a student from uh, school a to b to c and that's it well those are great pieces of advice i'm so happy because i know this conversation is going to help so many students and their parents vernon we can't thank you enough for your time your expertise this was wonderful we really appreciate all you did for us today thank you so much thank you and, and again thank you for the opportunity and uh, to share more about union college our pleasure thank you vernon Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.